Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Thursday, September 10th, 2020, and that means one thing and one thing only. It's time for the NFL kickoff. We're here for real. We're not even messing around with the preseason. We're going right to this right to the games, and I am I am psyched to be here with my NFL partner, Sugar Shane Caldwell, known as DET Sports Shane. Shane, how are you today? Uh, I'm pumped up as usual. A lot, a lot of people were talking about uh, NFL not having a season and worried about it. And I kept telling everyone, don't worry about it. They have really strict protocols. They're doing a great job. And the NFL's done an excellent job. And I, I'm so excited we're here for NFL kickoff on Thursday. It snuck up on everyone because there's no preseason. And some people were talking about, I'm not sure if there's a season. So we're here. And it's awesome that we're going to get a full slate of NFL football and uh, I just love everything going on with the, with the league right now. It's going to be exciting. And we're actually, we'll have some fans in the stands at Arrowhead stadium in Kansas city tonight. They're going to be about 22, 22% capacity. So I don't know, somewhere around 16,000 fans is what I'm hearing. So we'll have some fans scattered in there, but then on Sunday, a lot of stadiums will be completely empty. So it's going to be really interesting watching this football like you're going to be able to really hear everything and, and, and we still don't know what's going to happen with the artificial noise too so there's all kinds of interesting things but the nfl has done a great job with the week one matchups these matchups are awesome division rivals really big superstars going head to head and tonight is no exception with patrick mahomes versus deshaun watson and this is always a high scoring affair so we get the fireworks to begin right away the NFL did it right. This schedule's awesome, and I can't wait to break it down. And, and everyone listening is going to love the information we provide. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Great first game here tonight, the showdown slate. So we are going to break that down. Huge contests on both DraftKings and FanDuel, so we want to help you prepare for that. We're also going to break down the Sunday main slate. And you're right, Shane. The NFL did a great job with scheduling these first week one matchups. And it's you know we couldn't have scripted it any better because – DET Sports Shane over here is a huge Lions fan, okay? And I've been a longtime Bears fan. And wouldn't you know it? They're playing week one. And, oh, yeah. you know, before we started on. the show, I, I brought out my old vintage Bears yeah. shirt here. And, you know, Shane is, is such a competitor that he just sort of, you know, he blocked it aside. And he, oh, yeah. I he's said, got his game face on. You know, he, he likes it. It just got him <laughs> in the groove. You know, Coach and I. We were talking yesterday on the on the basketball show, the NBA podcast, about how in some of our you know preseason meetings here, you've been wearing your Lions helmet, you've got the eye black on, even oh, with yeah. the mouth the mouth guard in. You know, you're oh, all business. Yeah. So, um, if you all are new to the show, we did a bunch of NFL uh, preview shows, team by team, way back in April, and you know we we dug in early to get ready for this season, and and now we're ready to go on on the main show here, but. Uh, you know, the thing about us is we get, you know, really intense about these slates. We dive in. We're very competitive to try to build winning lineups for our members. And, you know, we get competitive with each other. So it's going to be an interesting season here, Shane, as we work hard to to build winners for our members. And we, we try to bring our points forward with each other here to, you know, end up with the best pick. So, uh, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to, to doing all that with you this season. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. This, I mean, this season is there's more unknowns than any other NFL season. I mean, even expert beat writers are still trying to figure things out. And so all the experts are kind of scrambling. 
And I love it because I'm, I'm really, we've been studying these rosters since the spring and throughout the summer. And a lot of the stuff that we predicted and talked about is, is playing out now in training camps and it's about to play out in the regular season. So just the, the big change of the rosters and the fact that most people don't even realize how much these teams have, have changed because of everything going on in the world right now, that's a huge advantage for us. If, if people do not understand it, they're just going to look at last year's uh, stats and just plug those into these matchups. And that's not the best way to go about it. So I love week one because I feel like it gives us a huge edge because of all those moving parts and all the unknowns there. Absolutely. So let's get into it. We got a big Thursday night showdown tonight at 820. And we want to thank our new presenting sponsor, BetUS. You can find their website at betus.com slash, uh, sorry, dot PA. And we're going to have a, a, a lot of announcements coming here in the next couple of days about some terrific promotions that we're running with BetUS. You'll be able to find those on our website starting tonight. So uh, go look at that uh, tonight and get the details on that offer so that when you sign up at, at BetUS, you can get a huge deposit match. Uh, it's going to be tremendous. We're very excited to be partners with them. And so, as I said, we'll, we'll give you some more of those details here in the coming days on our upcoming NFL and NBA podcasts. So uh, thanks again to BetUS.com.pa. And let's get going here with Game 1, Shane. The Chiefs are involved, and they had quite a season last year. So it's going to be a lot of celebrating tonight. They are hosting the Texans. And according to BetUS, Casey is now a 10-point favorite, over under 53. So should be an exciting night. And as I mentioned, there are huge contests on both DraftKings and FanDuel. So if you haven't already, go ahead and get those entries locked in to make sure you reserve your spot. Uh, I'm really excited. I love the showdown slates. I focus primarily on DraftKings. Shane's going to do a little bit more of the focus on FanDuel for you. So we give you that balance across the two sites. And uh, why don't you start with your overall thoughts here of what could be a very exciting game with a lot of different potentially relevant fantasy players? Yeah, I mean, you have some you have some big moves moves. I mean, for the Houston Texans, they made that big controversial trade and, uh, you know, shipped out Hopkins and brought in David Johnson. So I kind of look for big things from David Johnson as as I'm I'm looking at it like uh, Bill O'Brien is going to want to prove that he was right with that trade. I mean, this is a rare situation where he's the GM and the coach. Right. So he can make moves, whether they're good or bad. Most people thought bad. Now, as the right. coach, he can make the game plan around those moves. So what yes. do you think he's going to do with David Johnson? And all right. reports are David Johnson's healthy. I think the scheme fits him better than Arizona. And I think he's going to catch a lot of balls as well. So um, so I will. I do like uh, David Johnson. I think the, the passing attacks in both of, with both of these quarterbacks, two of the best in the league, are going to be dynamic. Um, and we're looking for that. And then you have the debut of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's – Supposed to be a superstar right off bat, out right off jump here. Uh, you know, uh, memories of Kareem Hunt. You know, as a rookie for for in this Andy Reid offense, just going yes. nuts right out the right out the gate, right. So that's kind of what we're predicting for Clyde Edwards-Helaire here. So you got all these new guys, and then you have the Chiefs bringing back all their other studs. You know, Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. Sammy Watkins. I mean, all these are just completely loaded everywhere. So this is going to be a fun, you know, high scoring matchup. Uh, both teams uh, have, are kind of weak in the secondary. 
you know, uh, Kansas City lost uh, Rashad Breland uh, to suspension. They lost Kendall Fuller to Washington in free agency. They still have some young, really talented corners, though. They have uh, Jadavius Ward uh, they, and a few other guys. So they do have some really good players still. Um, but Houston is short in the secondary. Uh, their corner that they were counting on, Gary and Conley's out as well. Uh, so this just all this adds up to a lot of scoring, especially in the pass game. But the running games are really exciting with these running backs being able to catch the ball as well. Uh, and when we're looking at the showdown slate, uh, I mean, pricing here Deshaun Watson for the for the Texans. I like Deshaun Watson. He's obviously going to get uh, even if they get down, it's a good game, game script for him. He's usually pretty good against Kansas City. He's fifteen thousand dollars on the uh, FanDuel uh for the FanDuel site there for the showdown and 11,800 on DK. Uh, I like Will Fuller to kind of take over that number one wide receiver role. It's not a, a really easy matchup if he's going to go into going against Ward for Kansas City. But Will Fuller, I think, is going to be great. I think that he's better than just a one-trick pony. I, I, I saw him develop as a short and intermediate route, route runner last year, where I know before he was just a burner, where he would just go down the field for deep balls. So I think he's going to take over. So I do like Will Fuller tonight, 10500 on FanDuel, 8000 on DK. And like I mentioned, I like David Johnson. David Johnson, I think, is going to have a huge role in the running and the passing attack, 11500 on uh, FanDuel and 7,600 on DK. That seems pretty cheap on DK for a guy that catches balls as well. Uh, Brandon, Brandon Cooks is looking like he's limited to doubtful for this game so far. So even if he plays, he might be limited. So that upgrades Kenny Stills as another value play, 7,500 on FanDuel, 4,600 on DK. You got Randall Cobb in the slot. Uh, he has a, a good matchup in the slot there, uh, so I think he he could be pretty solid as well. 8,500 on FanDuel, 4,200 on DK. He's the new slot guy there, and they've never had a real quick, smaller slot guy uh, in there with uh, with Deshaun Watson. So I think he could do big things. And then you got the the, the dilemma here. What are you going to do with these tight ends? You got Darren Fells and, and Jordan Atkins. I look at Darren Fells, even though he was really good as a pass catching red zone threat last year. I think he had seven or eight touchdowns. He was excellent, kind of posting people up. But he's an excellent blocker, Darren Fells. So I think Darren Fells will be blocking more. And I look for Jordan Aikens to have a bigger contribution in the receiving game. And we're getting reports out of training camp that Jordan Aikens has been great in the receiving game so far. So I like him. Jordan Aikens is $5,000 fan duel, $3,200 on DK. So there's a good value play there. So that's kind of where I'm at with the Texans. Uh, what what are you thinking there? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the prices you mentioned on those first three position players, uh, key skill position players there, Will Fuller at 8,000 on DraftKings, David Johnson 7.6, and Cobb 4.2. I want to highlight those because on DraftKings, quick reminder, when you're building a showdown lineup, you have to pay up for your captain. You get 1.5x the points, but the salary is 1.5x. So on DraftKings, I think it's very beneficial to look at some of these mid-tier options as your captain, whereas on FanDuel in the MVP spot, you get 1.5x the points, but you don't have to pay for it. So you go ahead and use one of your studs, and it's not going to affect the rest of your build. So on DraftKings, you, you, you could certainly look at putting Watson or Mahomes as your captain because they can have monster games. But I really think it's worthwhile looking at some of these other guys. So those three are all candidates for me as captains. 
you know, for, for the reasons you mentioned, I think they could all have big games. You know, it wasn't too long ago that these these teams met up in the playoffs and put up 82 points together. It was 51-31 Chiefs, absolute shootout. So, uh, you know, on the on a PPR format like DraftKings, all those guys can can really pay off. So uh, that's my thought on the Texans. And I also heard a report uh, just today from one of the beat writers talking about Aikens in the red zone uh, being a, a favorite target of um, Watson this spring. So, uh, you know, really nice price on, on him at 3.2 as a guy to fill out your roster. And then in terms of the backup running back, Duke Johnson, I think is a little bit too expensive compared to Daryl Williams over on, on Kansas city. He's four Duke Johnson, 4.8 on DraftKings. Daryl Williams, only 1.8. So I think he's a little bit mispriced. So, uh, with that as a transition over to the Kansas city side, what are your thoughts on the chiefs? Yeah, I mean, you got Patrick. It all starts with Patrick Mahomes, and this guy's healthy. I mean, he's obviously one of the – I mean, he's instantly one of the greatest of all time, I mean, even though he hasn't played that long, right? But That's right. Uh, it's, it's 16500 on FanDuel, but definitely worth paying up for there. 12600 on DraftKings. But, again, you probably won't be able to put him in your captain slot because he's going to run you up, I think it was like 18900 and that's going to kind of tank the rest of your lineup. That's going to be pretty difficult. So, But you can put him in the normal slot and correlate him with the receiver, for example, right. at the captain spot. Um, uh, and so you got Mahomes there. I mean, he's going to be highly owned, but you kind of have to eat the chalk there unless you're going really contrarian. And then, of course, you have Clyde edwards Elaire. You know, he's pretty reasonable. 12000 on FanDuel, 8800 on DK. That's pretty much too cheap for a guy that's going to be pretty much a bell cow and it's going to do everything. He's a playmaker and he's tailor made. They handpicked him for this offense and that's why they took him in the first round. So he's going to be excellent. Uh, excited to watch him play for sure in a great matchup against a pretty weak Texans D. And then you got Tyree Kill. He's going to be uh, getting covered by uh, Bradley Roby, who's probably their best corner uh, for the Texans. But Tyree Kill will also go into the slot. Um, where he can get a miss a mismatch, uh, and I believe they have Hargraves in their playing uh, playing slot, if I remember right. Uh, so they they're going to be able to get some major mismatches here for Tyreek Hill, and I think he can actually tort absolutely torch them. Uh, of course, Travis Kelsey has also uh, traditionally torched the Texans as well. So that's yes. one of the big decisions here: is are you right. going Tyreek Hill or Kelsey, or are you trying to figure out a way to fit them both here? That's going to be the pivotal decision here in this slate. Um, and you got him priced very similar. Tyreek Hill, 13000 on FanDuel. Kelsey, 13500 DraftKings, you got Tyreek Hill, 10400 Kelsey, a value on DK at 9200 um, I'm leaning towards Tyreek Hill because the big playability, but you can never discount Kelsey. He has two to three touchdown upside. He Obviously, he torches these guys as well. Uh, but I like the matchup for Hill. Sammy Watkins. I like him on DK at 5,800. He's decent also on FanDuel at 9,000. He will also be in the slot uh, probably more than Tyree Kill and get that uh, Vernon Hargraves uh, great matchup there. So he's got a great matchup. And, and then Shane, I really, he's a he's a Hall of Famer in week one. Remember last year yeah. he had those three touchdown catches and then oh, didn't yeah. catch any more the rest of the regular season? <laughs> yeah, so he's going to be our uh, Deshaun Jackson, who we'll talk about right. later in the slate. The week one Hall of Famer, Marquise right. Brown, maybe. Uh, yeah. I, I really like Meikle Hardman to come up in year two. Now that he knows the offense and he's not just a gadget splash, splash returner, I look for him to get more snaps and more routes run and more targets here. And we know he's a super explosive 
probably one of the fastest guys in the league, along with his teammate there, Tyree Kill. So I love Miko Hardman, 7,500, FanDuel, 5,200 on DK. And I think that he's going to be the guy that's going to have that big play. You know, he's obviously just a home run hitter that can just, he only needs one shot to, to take it to the house. And I think he's going to get more run. Now, a lot of people are going to be on Demarcus Robinson, and I don't blame them. On DK, he's only $2,200. And he's still technically their starting wide receiver in three wide receiver sets. But I feel like Michael Hardman is going to eat into his uh, into his target share a little bit as he gets on the field. So those guys are kind of split in time. But I like the upside of Hardman better, where Demarcus Robinson is a little more safe, more of a cash game play. He's 6000 on FanDuel. But again, 2200 is way way low on DK, which is going to warrant some ownership for him there. Uh, and then you have Daryl Williams, uh, who you pointed out. I noticed the same thing. He's 1800 on, on DraftKings. So everyone's going to be plugging him on, plugging him on DraftKings so they can load up on the studs. The problem is with that lineup construction, are you all going to have the same lineups when, how can you differentiate on your slate? But you have to pay attention to Daryl Williams. He's $6,000 on FanDuel, 1800 on DK. He's a powerful back. You know, he's got good balance. He's just strong. He's definitely he's definitely going to be the red zone goal line type back. And keep in mind, he has a lot more experience in this offense in terms of knowing the plays and everything than Clyde Edwards or Lair, who's had a really condensed offseason. So that's where you got to be really careful with these rookies here. So that's why I think you can actually play Edwards, Lair, and Daryl Williams together in a lineup, which would normally be crazy. But in this slate, at those prices – I think you could actually do that because he, uh, Daryl Williams might be the closer. If Edwards Hilaire just has a great first half and goes off, they'd be like, okay, we know he's our guy. Let's just let Daryl Williams just pound the ball in the second half if they get a lead here. And on the other side, I can see the Texans trying to pound the ball with David Johnson because they want to slow down the Kansas City offense and keep them off the field too, which they've done that last year. They had a game against Kansas City where they almost beat them by pounding the ball down their throat. But can you do that? Because Mahomes can put up a 20-point lead on you in the blink of an eye. They kind of learned that last year in the playoffs, right? He can score right. a quick on here, right? So yes. that's kind of what I'm looking at here. Uh, these, this Because this is such a, a you know showdown slate, you have to mention all those guys and you have to right. factor all of them in, where normally we wouldn't mention all those guys. So that's where I'm at here. What do you think? Are you as high on Michael Hardman as I am, for example? I am. I, I like his upside a lot. Uh, he's definitely going to be in a bunch of my lineups. In terms of the Kelsey-Tyreek Hill debate, right now I'm leaning a little bit towards Kelsey, uh, but we'll sort that out uh, throughout the afternoon here. And I do like your idea of playing both Kansas City running backs. I think that's a terrific strategy on these showdown slates. Not as many people utilize it, but it absolutely can pay off. You know, we've seen it with teams like the Saints. Uh, it works time and time again. So, you know, as the game script, if it unfolds as you just described, I, I think that could be a terrific play. So, um, you know, in terms of sorting out the Kelsey versus Hill and finalizing our builds on DraftKings and FanDuel, what we do for our members is we provide a full FanDuel lineup. We'll give them a cash lineup as well as a GPP lineup. And then on DraftKings, we give our members a, the coach's clipboard with a bunch of core players and then some pivots. And if, if you're new to the program, we do that for every sport here at DFS Coach Talk, NFL, NBA, which is how we started, uh, MLB, and PGA. And we invite you to jump in now. It's the perfect time, beginning of the football season. We have a, a fall special that we just launched. It's for the rest of the calendar year. It's only $199. And what sets us apart from our competitors is you get access to all of the sports with whatever membership you get. 
And again, we give you those FanDuel lineups every day in those sports with a cash lineup and a GPP. And so it's really easy, especially if you're kind of newer to DFS. You can just take that lineup, plug it in. We've had tremendous success in the NBA here in the bubble. Uh, and then MLB has been great. And, uh, you know, as you can tell uh, with the passion here and the energy, we've dug into NFL early and now we get to put all that research to use. So we invite you to join us as members. You can do that at DFSCoachTalk.com. Uh, we'd love to have you. So with that being said, Shane, let's transition into the main slate. And uh, to give folks, again, an overview of our plan for the season, we're going to do this show so it'll air by Thursday, hopefully midday uh, as a matter of routine, so that you can get the Thursday night showdown preview and then the main slate showdown, uh, sorry, the main slate preview, which you can listen to, you know, on Thursday or you can uh, pause the recording and, and listen to it on Friday. Get your build started. And then we're going to do a second podcast Saturday night that will post late Saturday night. So if you're up late on the West Coast, you can uh, watch that Saturday night to finalize your lineups for Sunday. Or you can you know, listen to it in the morning uh, on Sunday morning with your with your coffee as you uh, build out your final lineup. So that is our general approach to NFL. Um, so let's get going with the main slate. It's a big one. Uh, Twelve games starting with Seattle and Atlanta. And this is a, a big over-under. It's 49. Seattle right now on uh, BetUS.com is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And on DraftKings, Russell Wilson is the number two-priced quarterback. Matt Ryan is the number four-priced quarterback. So are you buying into those lines, Shane? Is this a game that you might want to stack or at least get a bunch of exposure to? Yeah, this this is a game, in my opinion, you you almost have to uh, you know have exposure to here. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of more interested in in the passing game than I am in the running game. Even though the Seahawks love to pound the rock, uh, it still remains to be seen whether they're going to let Russ cook or not. That's the hashtag that's going around. Let Russ cook, you know. So, but in this type of game environment, we might have to fire up Russ at least, you know, in the third and the fourth quarter. You know, he's going to fire up because he's the best at that. Uh, so, I love the matchups here uh, for the Seahawks, and I also love the passing attack for the Falcons. Uh, as I'm still a little nervous about uh, Todd Gurley. Uh, so, uh, you know, Seattle did add Jamal Adams. That's going to help them against the run, help them in coverage. So they got Jamal Adams in a trade from the Jets. So that upgraded their defense. Um, but they do still have some areas where they're a little suspect on the defense there. Um, so, yeah, let me start with Seattle. Uh, so I do like Russell Wilson. I think he's in play here at 8,400 on FanDuel and 7,000 on DK. This is a high over under. Seattle's the favorites. And the Falcons' defense is not great. They don't have really that great of a pass rush. Their secondary is very suspect now. Um, so I actually uh, like them better against probably the run, just loading the box, trying to stop the run, than I do the pass. So I like Russell Wilson to get a little bit more passing by him than they normally want to give him. So he might get to cook a little bit here. And I think probably my number one uh, guy would be Tyler Lockett. Uh, 6,800 on FanDuel, 6,500 on DK. I think Tyler Lockett is going to line up in the slot there. Um, he's going to be a mismatch. The Falcons don't have anyone that can really cover him. So he's going to be 
really solid there uh, as a slot receiver, just getting a ton of run uh, in the passing game here. And, of course, DK Metcalf is is awesome as well. He's 6,400 on FanDuel, and he's just a dominant force as well. And he's he's been been training with Russell Wilson all offseason and just great rapport with him. And he's ready for a second-year breakout. I just like the, the slot position in this particular matchup and the experience for Tyler Lockett, but I still like DK Metcalf. So I don't mind playing both of them if you're looking for correlations, but I prefer Lockett over Metcalf. Uh, I'm not really that interested in uh, Chris Carson just because I feel like they're going to ease him back into it after he's, you know, dealt with some injuries and they have Carlos Hyde who they could use as a, as a backup, as a change of pace guy. So Seattle's, you know, obviously wants to run the ball, uh, but I think the Falcons will be decent against the run uh, this year, at least competitive where I think where you can really get them is in, in the passing game. So that's why I think that's, they're going to, they're going to pass more. And then on the Falcon side, I really love Matt Ryan this year. He's got so many weapons. He's the, he's the type of veteran that in a shortened off season, you want to play. He knows the offense. He's got rapport with pretty much all his weapons. Uh, even Hayden Hurst, he's gotten enough reps with him now where he's comfortable with that. Uh, so you got to love Matt Ryan. And if you love Matt Ryan, you're going to love Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Uh, so back to Matt Ryan, though, he's 7,800 on FanDuel and 6,700 on DK. Seems like that's pretty cheap for DK there. Uh, a lot of the quarterbacks are priced down there. Uh, but I think Matt Ryan, this is he's due for a huge ceiling game. Uh, Seattle is not that uh, or average in the secondary. Um, and they're not really that great on the pass rush. So uh, so I think he's going to have a lot of time, and he's got really good rapport with his weapons. Julio Jones is 8,200 on FanDuel, 7,700 on DK. He's in play. But I actually do like Calvin Ridley at his price better than Julio Jones. So Calvin Ridley, 6,600 FanDuel, 6,100 on DK is probably my, probably my favorite play uh, of this game, him and probably Tyler Lockett. Also, I really like Hayden Hurst. He came over from Baltimore, and he's going to have a huge role in this offense. You've seen what Austin Hooper did last year. Hayden Hurst is probably even more athletic uh, than than Austin Hooper. So he's going to have a huge role in this offense, and he's criminally underpriced on DK at 4300 and he's very reasonable on FanDuel at 5200 And Seattle is not great against the tight end. Um, so I like him. Sometimes he'll be going up against like KJ Wright, for example. So I think Hayden Hurst is way too good of an athlete, and I think he could exploit their weakness on defense here. Um, I don't. I think Seattle's going to be good against the run, so that's why I'm not really on Todd Gurley, even though Todd Gurley, if he's fresh, can be a weapon in the passing and running game here. But I just have a hard time trusting the running backs in this game for some reason, and I'm focused on the passing game. And I love those players that in, in the passing game, and I love both quarterbacks. And that's kind of where I'm at here. And it just depends on where, where you want to correlate and what your roster construction. But you got to consider these guys in this in this game here. Yeah, nice breakdown. <clears throat> I'm with you overall. I, I think I want to avoid the the backfield for the Seahawks because of the prices and, and all the other factors you mentioned. Uh, quick question do you, on uh, Lockett and DK Metcalf. Do you prefer them on FanDuel? Um, you know, because they just don't seem to get as many receptions as some of the other top receivers. So the uh, you know PPR format on DraftKings, I don't think is quite as attractive with those guys. Um, yeah, so I, th- I think Lockett will at 6,500. I think Lockett will get a little bit more volume. I know DK Metcalf actually had a lot of volume at the very end of the year. 
But like I said, with the mismatch, they'll look to exploit that in the slot there. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I I like Lockett to actually get more volume, uh, where DK is more of a splash player, like more of a fan duel play for me, even though at the end of the year it was a little different than that. But that's traditionally how they've been. So, yeah, so I still like them on both sites. But, yeah, cert- certain players, depending on, again, roster construction, you may like on better. Uh, you may like the Seattle guys better on certain sites there. Where, yeah, Calvin Ridley at 6,100 on DK, he's pretty hard to pass up because he can get both volume – big plays and he he always scores touchdowns a lot as, as well so he's, he's yeah. really good. Yeah. I do like Ridley uh he, he is priced up though from last year and Julio had a big game against Seattle um last year so uh, you know Julio is certainly still in the mix for me but same thing on these running backs I'm going to avoid them like you and I'm also very interested in Hayden Hurst like you said uh big role last year for Hooper uh d- nice price for a tight end who you know could get a lot of looks in this offense. So, all right, let's go to game two. It is Cleveland against the Ravens. And my question to you is about this over-under. It seems a little bit high to me. All right, on uh, betus.com, Baltimore, uh, seven and a half point favorites, which makes sense. The over-under is 48 and a half. And the reason that jumps out at me is just comparing it to the Bucks saints game later in the afternoon, which is an over-under 48. So I'm curious where the offense is going to come from here because the Ravens, as we know, are a terrific defense. Last year they were sixth against the pass and fifth against the run. Now I know you're excited about Cleveland's running game this year with Stefanski, um, but is there anybody that you'd play from Cleveland here on, 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 the, on the opener against this stout Ravens defense? Uh, the short answer is no. <laughs> so uh, I think that the Baltimore Ravens are are destined for a Super Bowl run, and I think they're the only team. I mean, this is really too early, but you know, you know how much I love Baltimore this year. They're right. the only team that can compete with the Chiefs, and I think this team is this defense is absolutely loaded and ridiculous. So they brought over uh, Calais Campbell on top of everyone else they have. So I just think they're completely loaded and dominant. And I know that the Browns have an improved offensive line and they have a lot of weapons and Baker Mayfield looks a little better. And I love their running game and their new scheme, but keep in mind, shortened off season, new coaching staff, a lot of new players, uh, you know, in a new scheme here. So going against this dominant defense. So I do like Cleveland for the 2020 season, just not in this week one matchup. Okay. So I pumped the brakes a little bit. I could see, you know, Nick Chubb, who I love, I, I can't pay that much for him. 7,500 on FanDuel, 6,500 DK. Can't really pay that much for him. That would be very contrarian. He did have one big game against Baltimore last year, and then one game where he pretty much got shut down. So he's that talented where he could do it, but I'm not going to try to gamble on that. Kareem Hunt could get some work in the passing in the passing game, though. They could actually run two running back sets here and run Kareem Hunt in the slot. Yep. So that makes it a little exciting. He's 5,100 on DK. I would probably focus him on DK 5,100, where literally he's the type of guy that could get, you know, eight catches out of the, yep. out of the slot and out of the backfield. So Kareem Hunt is in play here, even though he's not one of my favorite running backs. It's just because he's going to get that garbage time, you know, uh, a lot of those catches because I expect him to be down in this game. I don't really trust Odell Beckham. I can see some people playing him because he's 5,900 on DK. 6900 FanDuel, and he's looked great in camp. He's having a great camp. Him and uh, Baker has good chemistry. He seems to work better in this scheme. But the Ravens are just loaded at the secondary. They're absolutely shut down corners no matter which way you look at it. So I have a really hard time playing him in that that environment there. 
I would play the Ravens defense uh, against the Browns, though. They're 4,800 on FanDuel, and they're pretty cheap on DK at 3,100. So I like the Ravens defense as one of the plays here you can certainly go to and feel pretty good about, even though the Browns have some talent. And then I guess it goes to the Ravens. You know, are you going to play Lamar Jackson? Uh, Lamar Jackson's 9,400 on FanDuel, 8,100 on DK. I'm not going to be paying up for Lamar Jackson. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people will. Um, because the theory is he's going to be an improved passer this year, which I think he is. I think he's going to pass more, but I feel like he's going to run less this year. You know, why would you have him running around and have that many rushing attempts, especially this early in the year when you're looking to go on a Super Bowl run? You need to protect him. So I feel like they're going to just be a little bit more traditional, give the running backs more more run here, uh, more carries, instead of Lamar trying to run run himself. You know, he'll have a few scrambles. So I don't look at that. Lamar Jackson is a guy that's going to have this huge rushing game, like a hundred yard rushing game. And I know he's capable, but I don't think they want to do that, but I do look for him to improve in the passing game. Uh, and then you have to look at Mark Ingram just because the Browns aren't really that good against the run in this running attack is the most dominant running attack, running attack in the league. So Mark Ingram's $7,000 on FanDuel and he's priced down a little bit because it's PPR on DK at 5,500, but you have to consider Mark Ingram. He's definitely a good play. You got J.K. Dobbins kind of behind him in the $5,000 range. I'm not sure if he's ready for a full workload yet, but he could get that garbage time in the second half where they give him some run. Uh, so he's kind of he's he's kind of in the mix there as well, but I'm not really high on him. Uh, lo I really love Mark Andrews here, uh, $7,400 on FanDuel and 6000 on DK. Mark Andrews is still going to be the number one receiver, the primary target. I don't even really look at him as a tight end, which is great. I love the times that are basically playing that big slot wide receiver, and that's Mark Andrews. Uh, so, like I said, Mark Jackson is going to be passing more. Mark Andrews is primary target. And, of course, this is going to be mega chalk. Uh, he kind of surprised people in week one last, last year is Marquise Hollywood Brown here. So Hollywood Brown is 5,900 on FanDuel and 51 on DK. And I think he's going to be mega chalky. So that's the only thing I don't like about him is his high ownership. And I don't really like the game script, the fact that they're going to, I feel like they're going to be out to a big lead most of the game and not need to pass as much in the second half. But other than that, Marquise Brown is really good. But the only thing that makes me nervous about him, besides the high ownership that I'm projecting, is that he's going to go up against Denzel Ward, who I think is a really good cornerback. And I feel like the Browns could, uh, could even shadow him. Uh, so I'm not sure if they're going to, but they could shadow him because that's their number one receiver by far. And then the Browns have their number one corner following him and could match up against him because he does have speed and ward there. So that's what makes me nervous about Marquise Brown, even though I do agree with the, the chalk play that, that he could really have a monster game here. But I'm still I'm not wanting to uh, not running to go there as much because of the high ownership in the matchup. You know, I'm with you on this game. Mark Andrews is my favorite target for the Ravens. Uh, just a lot more reliable and uh, get a little bit of a different lineup if you pay up for tight end a little bit. And it will be a game changer if Lamar runs less this season. You know, he had over 1,200 yards rushing last year and seven rushing touchdowns. Just incredible. And he was efficient also passing. 36 touchdowns, only six interceptions. Just didn't work out against the Titans in the playoffs. So uh, that'll be fun to watch how he develops and adjusts his game over time to try to stay healthy. Um, on the uh, on the Cleveland side, I, I'm going to avoid them as well with the tough matchup. <clears throat> I do want to point out interesting number here with OBJ. 16 games last year, he caught 74 balls, and Austin Hooper 
caught 75, 75 balls in only 13 games. Um, so just interesting to look at those numbers. Uh, you know, OBJ historically has been much more expensive, you know, more like 8,000 on DraftKings. He's only 5.9. So very cheap for a guy with that much talent. But I, I'm going to wait and, uh, you know, wait for a better matchup before I invest in him. Exactly. All right. Next game is another one o'clock kickoff. It's the Jets and the Bills, NFC East battle, expected to be lower scoring. Buffalo favored by seven. Over under is only 39 and a half. And the skill position players for the Jets for me just aren't really that exciting. Another year on the on the tires for Le'Veon Bell. The receiving core of Crowder, Perryman, Mims, Herndon, Griffin. You know, all decent players, but just not not very exciting to me. So my first question is, uh, could we look at the Bills' defense here in Week One? Yeah, I think you could definitely take a look at the the, the Bills' defense, and you hope that uh, Sam Darnold's uh, seeing those ghosts like he was right. against the Patriots last year. Yes. So <laughs> maybe it'd be the Buffalo Bills, uh, the the ghost of the Buffalo Bills here. So yeah, I, the Buffalo Bills' defense is completely loaded in all three, uh, you know, pretty much all three levels uh, uh, of their defense. So they're really de- they're really deep, and they are the type of defense that could come out here in Week One and, and shut down the Jets. Uh, on the other side of that argument, though, I think the Jets are an improved team with, uh, you know, a healthy Sam Darnold. Uh, the offensive line's a little bit better, and they do have some weapons here. If, if Brashad Pyramid uh, can make a contribution there, um, they have, uh, you know, Jamison Crowder still really solid. And I think, you know, Le'Veon Bell is going to be a little bit better this year, even though a lot of people are really down on Le'Veon Bell. Um, I will admit that, but I think he's going to be okay. So I think the Jets might be able to compete in this game a little bit. So the Bills aren't my number one defense, but I wouldn't fault you at all if you played them just because uh, they are completely dominant. And it's it's one of the lowest over-unders. They're a big favorite. The Jets, yeah, implied total is like 16, 16 and a half points. So definitely the Bills are going to be one of the guys. I just don't know if I want to pay up for them. They're a little bit more expensive because of the matchup as well for the defense here. Uh, but I wouldn't fault you at all there. Um, I do kind of like Jamison Crowder in this game. You know, he's usually pretty cheap in like the $6,000 range. And I think him and Sam Darnold have a really good rapport, have really good rapport here. And I think if you're going to get the Bills, it's usually in the slot. You can want to avoid uh, Tredavious White there. Uh, so I think Jameson Crowder is poised for actually a decent game here, even if it is garbage time. Um, uh, Rashad Pyramid, I, you know, on the outside, probably a tougher matchup for him there. So I'm not that interested in him. But I do think that Le'Veon Bell is going to stack up some garbage time uh, receptions here. And he's another guy like when we were talking about with Kareem Hunt that has that upside to get a lot of catches. Uh, I've heard in training camp that he's been peppered with targets, uh, short targets, and involved in the passing game more with Sam Darnold. Uh, keep in mind, last year they had a really bad O-line. Sam Darnold was out for a little bit with mono, so they didn't get that full chemistry. And and I know that uh, at, was Adam Gase, the coach, hates Le'Veon Bell, you know, and he loves right. Frank Gore. Frank Gore is his long-lost son, and the Frank yeah. Gore's in there, right? So right. that's the issue there. But I I like how the fact that that's going to lower Le'Veon Bell's ownership so much. Everyone is way off him in the DFS world, the season-long world. So that's where I think if you could get Le'Veon Bell at low ownership and he gets in the end zone and he breaks off a couple good runs and then let's say he gets you know six to eight catches, which I think he's capable of, he can pay off his his, his salary 
5,600 on DK, I think is pretty cheap for Le'Veon Bell. So I actually don't mind him, even though he's going up against a really good defense. I think he can actually uh, get a little bit of uh, contributions in the pass game here and get some rushing yards. Uh, and he's 6,500 on FanDuel. So he's not, Le'Veon Bell is not my favorite play, but I am considering him and, and I'm not completely eliminating him like a, probably a lot of people are. I think you can get him at low ownership, probably more of a, a GPP uh, guy if you're trying to get an edge there by getting a Le'Veon Bell at, you know, two, three percent ownership because people are off him because of the matchup and the, the history here. So uh, and then on the Bills side, you know, I can see people definitely loading up on the uh, on the passing game here. The reports out of camp, Josh Allen has improved his accuracy as a deep ball thrower. You know he's got a good arm, but he's had accuracy issues. He's got his new weapon in Stephon Diggs there. He's got John Brown. Uh, he's got Beasley in the slot. You know, So he's got a lot of weapons there, Singletary out of the backfield. So I like Josh Allen. He's 7,900 on uh, FanDuel and 6,500 on uh, DK. Uh, and uh, we talked about how the Jets lost some guys. They lost C.J. Mosley. Uh, he opted out due to COVID. Uh, he was their starting middle linebacker. who was really good. And they lost Jamal Adams in the back end. So Josh Allen could be slinging the ball, the deep ball to these guys and still get his traditional red zone running that he does because he's basically their red zone running back, you know, and I don't know if right. that's going to change. Right. <laughs> so I like Josh Allen here and he's reasonable. Uh, 6,500 on fan uh, draft uh, DraftKings is pretty good. And then if you like him, uh, you got to like uh, John Brown. John Brown's 6,100 FanDuel, 5,600 DK. And then Stephon Diggs, even though he's new there, he's really explosive, and he's going to get some targets as well. And he's 6,600 to $6,400 range. Uh, so I do like that Bills passing attack here. It's just a matter of are they going to really need to be slinging the ball around in the second half, and they're just going to take the air out of the ball. I'm not really interested in the Bills running backs as much. You know, uh, I know that they have, uh, you know, Singletary's good and they have their uh, their rookie, uh, Zach Moss, uh, in the mix there. But I'm not really that interested in those guys just because uh, I, I they're going to be splitting the carries a little bit there. And the Jets are pretty stout against the run, even though they lost some guys. The Jets are more of a pass funnel defense. Uh, so that's kind of the breakdown for the Jets Bills here for what I have. Yeah, I, I am also more interested in the Bills passing attack. A lot more exciting with Diggs in the mix. Uh, it's going to make them a lot tougher to defend. And on the Jets side, I also like Crowder in general on DraftKings. Nice PPR target. Uh, and you're right, Le'Veon Bell coming off the season when he averaged 3.2 yards per carry to be priced at 5.6. That's obviously too low for his historical output. Uh, so we'll see if if he can uh, have a game like you described and pay off, or if we have to wait and see in a slightly better matchup, if he's still in a similar, similar price tag, if we want to attack him a little bit more. So, all right, well, let's go to the next one o'clock game. It's the Las Vegas Raiders against the Panthers. And lots of changes here with the Raiders' new, new home and the Panthers' new coaching staff, Matt Rule and Joe Brady. Uh, higher uh, over under here, 47 and a half, Las Vegas favored by three. And last year, Carolina was terrible against the run. And Shane, I only have two season long fantasy teams this year, so I can focus on DFS. But on both of them, I have one Josh Jacobs. So can uh, I you know, go all in with him in DFS this week, too, and expect that he's going to eat against the Panthers? 
Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm I'm loading up on Josh Jacobs and, and the daily world, the season long world, and any any yes. world here. So I think I feel like Josh Jacobs will actually be a little bit more involved in the passing game. Not yep. that he's going to be a, a a Christian McCaffrey on the other side of the ball here, but he's going to get more more work in the passing game. Uh, I like that, and I feel like the offensive line is really good. They're dominant, especially as uh, run blockers, and you know. Uh, Chucky's kind of old school, you know, Gruden, you know, he wants to, he wants to pound the rock. Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, they had some injuries. Tyrell, uh, Tyrell Williams is out as the wide receiver. So they're relying on some rookie wide receivers now. So again, everything points to, they just want to pound the rock here. And when you can exploit this type of matchup, you know what their game plan is going to be. They're going to run it down, down the Panthers throat. And, and even if the Panthers know it, I don't think they can stop it with this big offensive line and a running back like Josh Jacobs. So yeah, I'm, I'm really high on Josh Jacobs in this game, as a lot of people will be, and I'd be willing to pay up on FanDuel at 8,200, and the DraftKings seems a little cheap at 6,800 uh, there. So definitely willing to pay for a bell cow that's going to get volume, who's up against a really juicy matchup. I mean, the Panthers are pretty much rebuilding this team on the fly. They got a lot of rookies starting in a shortened offseason with a new coaching system and a new defensive coordinator and a new scheme. So I don't care what coach it is. That's not enough time to get these guys up to speed. And they're about to get they're about to get punched in the mouth, is in my opinion here. OK, so I like Josh Jacobs. I even like Derek Carr. Obviously, you wouldn't pay those guys and put those guys in the same lineup, but Derek Carr could shred these guys. He's only 5,900 on DK. I don't think I would pay up for him on FanDuel 7,100 because there's some other guys in that range that I probably like better. But Derek Carr in a GPP on DK 5,900 wouldn't be bad. He can throw to uh, Henry Ruggs. Uh, Henry Ruggs is 5,100 on both sites, and obviously that guy's explosive. And they picked him really early in the draft, so don't think they're not going to target him a lot. Right. And gr- great matchups in Carolina's secondary where pretty much they lost all their good guys. Hunter Renfro is in the slot. He's got a lot of good rapport. He's probably the wide receiver that has the most rapport with Derek Carr. He's 5,200 on FanDuel and only 4,500 on DK. So you can't forget about Hunter Renfro there. Um Brian Edwards is the other starting uh, wide receiver who's really cheap. He's 4,500 on FanDuel, 4,200 on DK. So you could definitely take a look at Brian Edwards there as well, uh, just because he's really talented and he's looked great in camp. Um, And then Darren Waller is basically another one of those guys, uh, like we were talking about with uh, Mark Andrews. He's basically a big wide receiver. You know, they run him out wide sometimes, put him in the slot. He's all over the place, and he's a big mismatch for this Panthers defense. So he's 6,800 on FanDuel, 5,900 on DK. So I think Darren Waller getting exposure to him is probably a good idea in this matchup there. Um, And then on the other side, you do have some explosive playmakers for the Panthers. I mean, you have the number one fantasy player in Christian McCaffrey. Um, The question is, do you pay up for $10,000 on both sites for Christian McCaffrey? I personally probably will not be paying up for Christian McCaffrey, even though he's going to be a volume completely peppered with all the targets and he's going to be a complete volume monster here in the center point. I think the Raiders defense is pretty tough against the run. And I think that they can at least focus on covering him out of the backfield. So I think they can limit McCaffrey. And I don't think he's going to pay off that expensive price point here. And I'm not as high on McCaffrey this year as he was last year. I think he's due for a lot of regression, even though he is the fantasy superstar. And I get it. What he does in the passing game is amazing. I just think that their offensive line's weak and they're not great. They got a whole new scheme, new system, shortened offseason. I don't think it's setting up well for Christian McCaffrey, even though he is extremely talented. Um, I do like uh, DJ Moore. 
at 7,100 on FanDuel, 6,600 on DK. DJ Moore is going to have a great matchup against the Raiders secondary that's pretty inexperienced. You know, he might be matched up against the rookie that they took out of Ohio State. So they're not they're they're not great on the secondary. I think the Raiders are, are more of, again, a pass funnel offense. So I look for uh, Bridgewater to be showing throwing a lot of those short passes. Uh, and DJ Moore could be the benefactor of that with his run after the catch explosive ability. So I do like DJ Moore. And then if you want to go down to a lower owned guy, Curtis Samuel, there hasn't been a lot of buzz on him in this this preseason, but he's cheap. He's 5,500 on FanDuel and only 46 on DraftKings. And Curtis Samuel is still really fast. He's got a lot of talent. And I think he he could definitely get some uh, get some big plays here against the Raiders. And they're going to need to because I think that they might be down in this game. So they're going to need to pass a lot. So I don't like the matchup for Ian Thomas. They're tight end for the Panthers because uh, we talked about in the offseason how the Raiders signed Corey Littleton, the linebacker, who used to play for the Rams, who's really good at covering tight ends. So the Raiders is a team you used to target at tight ends, but it's another example of not probably the best team to target at tight ends for this year. So I wouldn't take Ian Thomas as a sleeper there. And that's really about it for this game. Like I said, I'm not that high on the Panthers, but you can look at those wide receivers. I'm pretty much fading McCaffrey. Uh, We'll see what his ownership's looking like. Early projections for ownership are really high for Christian McCaffrey, even at that price. So I feel like everyone's going to pay up for McCaffrey and take all these value guys in there. And in my opinion, I feel like that's a mistake. So that's why I'm on the McCaffrey fade. I'm guessing you might have a little McCaffrey just because it's too good to pass up, though. No, actually, I'm with you. Um, I, 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 I historically have owned less of McCaffrey than most. Okay. Uh, I, I do prefer the balanced build. I mean, I like my value plays here and there for sure, as you as you know, in yeah. different sports, but not so much with McCaffrey and NFL. Um, so um, I will probably be on the fade train mostly with you. I, I like that strategy. And I do think that with the new scheme and the long contract, you got to figure they're going to want to protect him a little bit and not give him that massive workload and uh, just run him into the ground. So uh, I'm all about Josh Jacobs, as we talked about. So I'm glad you confirmed your feelings on that as a strong play. I'll also have some exposure to Waller, just like you. So I'm on the same page with you here, which is good because the next game is Uh-oh. the Bears against the Lions. And this, the challenge here is, are we going to be able to get through this game without coming to oh. blows? It's, it's going to be ugly. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, this is fun. Uh, we're going to be texting each other a lot during this one. And uh, so I can predict your strategy on this one. I know you're a longtime Lions fan. So here I know what's going to happen here. I mean, there's, you know. been no, there's been no controversy whatsoever this summer with the Bears and who's going to be quarterback. It's been Trubisky all along. The guy is, uh, you know, a- absolutely paying off his his draft status. So he and, and coming in against Detroit, they were last in the league against the past last year. So this is going to be a stack the Bears passing game for you, right? Uh, no, you know, you know, how I am. you know, I'm all in on the Lions here. So I, I, I have a hard time finding the uh, Bears players that I like to play here. So I mean, the big news for the Bears is uh, there's 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 well. Star running back Montgomery, or at least their their leading running back Montgomery, uh, got a groin injury, and he's coming back to practice now, but he's still extremely limited, and I don't think he's going to be able to go. If he does go, he's going to be limited. Uh, So you're already dealing with kind of a suspect offensive line, 
and then you're dealing with uh, really not much depth at, at the running back position here. So that really hurts them. I think Tariq, Tariq Cohen's had a great camp. So I do like Tariq Cohen, even though he's undersized, he can get involved in the in the running game. And I love him catching passes in this game at that. You know, he's one of those guys who play on DK at 4,900, who just racks up some explosive plays. The Lions have been vulnerable to those little quick uh, pass pass catching guys like your Austin Ecklers, your Tariq Cohen. So I think Tariq Cohen has a bounce back year and I do like him in this game. I think you can look at Allen Robinson. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be paying up for him, but he's 7,200 on FanDuel and 6,500 on DK. I can see him getting a lot of ownership because historically the Lions have been really bad against top wide receivers uh, and, you know, among the worst in the league. Um, but I think that, uh, and I know a lot of people will be excited about Allen Robinson uh, going up against, if he can match up against the rookie, uh, Jeffrey Akuda, who's completely unproven and he's a rookie, right? Uh, but I think he is better than probably most rookies, but that that remains to be seen because he literally hasn't played yet. So in a shortened off season. But so I'm, so I'm kind of neutral on Allen Robinson. I'm not going to fault people if they play him, but I don't know if he's my favorite wide receiver at that price point. Uh, so that's in, I, I'm not high on Trubisky. I know he's actually had his some of his biggest games against the Lions he shredded them but the problem is people look at that and just assume it's the exact same Lions personnel where if you actually know the Lions team you'll you'll know that they actually upgraded their defense this year Uh, so that leads me to I actually don't mind if you want to value defense playing the defense the Lions defense in this game I know some people are going to think that's absolutely crazy they're 3700 on FanDuel, which is pretty cheap for a defense that allows you to pay up in other positions, and 2700 on DK. Um, and I can tell you that they got playmakers all over the board with uh, they're more stout against the run. Uh, you know, how many Patriots can I name? I mean, one of my fantasy right. teams is called Midwest Patriots for a reason, yeah. right? So and they got Danny Shelton, so he can plug him right in that nose tackle in the middle, and he's a disruptor. He gets more pressure up the middle, and he stops the run more. Uh, and then they got Jamie Collins. If you watch Jamie Collins on the Patriots last year, he was an absolute terror in every aspect of the game, whether it's coverage, pressure against the run, tackle for loss, you know, uh, turnovers, everything, right? So Jamie Collins, so they have some playmakers in there. Uh, you know, we could we could talk about Patriot guys all day. We got <laughs> Trey Flowers, Deron Harmon. They got all kinds of guys. So these guys came over to the Lions. They don't have to learn the scheme. It's a shortened off season. That's not a disadvantage for them. They already know the scheme. So that's why I'm really high on this Lions defense. There's not a, a really big weakness. The, the Lions had several weaknesses in their defense last year. Uh, they had a really bad pass rush, but they got a guy named Deshaun Handback, who's really, who's a really good uh, defensive end and defensive tackle. Uh, they're they're going to have a better pass rush as well. Uh, I know that uh, you got a rookie cornerback and Jeffrey Akuda as well, so that's that's the only thing that's a little suspect. Anyways, I like the Lions defense, and then I will tell you that for the Lions offense, I'm really high on Stafford in general and all his weapons because again, you have a veteran quarterback, second year in the same in the same offense who played really well in this offense. He was on pace for almost 5,000 passing yards, except for he got a bad uh, injury. He's back. He's completely healthy. And and I will tell you that he's absolutely on fire in training camp. He's completely locked in and he's looked really sharp. The problem is the Bears defense, I feel like have a really good pass rush and that's going to cause a lot of issues for Stafford here. I feel like with Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn that they have with that scheme, I think that they are going to cause some issues for the pass rush in terms of giving Stafford enough time. Um, But I think overall Stafford is a good play here. He's 7,300 on FanDuel, 6,200 on DK. 
Kenny Galladay was a little bit limited in practice today, um, but I think that they're just being precautious with him. So I would fire up Kenny Galladay. He's, I think he's too cheap on DraftKings at 6,200, and he's worth paying up for 7,300 on FanDuel. And if Kenny Galladay gets matched up against Jalen Johnson, who's the rookie cornerback for the for the Bears, or Buster Screen, their other cornerback. Um, besides Kyle Fuller, if he gets matched up with those guys, it's going to be lights out uh, because I think he can do well against Kyle Fuller if that's the case. But if he's matched up against the other guys, it's going to be issues. There's going to be a lot of issues uh, for the Bears secondary here. And then if the, if they are going to try to put Kyle Fuller on him uh, and shadow him or something, then you're going to have Marvin Jones that can go off. And Marvin Jones has looked really good in camp, and a lot of people probably aren't thinking about him, but I'm telling you he's in play at 6,200 here on FanDuel and 5,500 on DK. Um, and then other than that, uh, the other guy I like is TJ Hawkinson. And we talked about him back in the summer. He's only 4,200 on DK uh, and he's 5,300 on draft on, on FanDuel. Sorry. So TJ Hawkinson also has been absolutely on fire and just, just annihilating and just scoring a ton of touchdowns and beating coverage and consistently just dominating in camp here. He's back healthy. Stafford loves him. He's a big target everywhere in the field, especially the red zone. So you, so don't forget about TJ Hawkinson. I know he was kind of a one-hit wonder. He had one big game in week one, and then he went away and got injured. But I like the fact that, that he went away because people forgot about him. And I'm looking at the training camp reports with all teams, but especially the the Lions, obviously. And I think the, the connection with him and Stafford is strong. So he's a good play. And then the running back, you know, it's most people are going to be probably smartly avoid the Lions running backs. Um, the Bears are stout against the run, you know. Um, they, they got Akeem Hicks in there. I mean, they're, they're really stout. So it's tough to play those guys. I will tell you that Carryon Johnson's pretty cheap. He's 4,400 on DK and 5,600 on FanDuel. And I think he's going to get the majority of the early down work. I don't think they got Adrian Peterson, but I don't think he's quite ready. He knows the scheme a little bit from when he played Minnesota. But I don't. I think Adrian Peterson will get a few carries, but not that much. So Carryon Johnson will get his shot at some carries, and the Lions will run the ball uh, pretty consistently because they're trying to offset that pass rush. So Harryon Johnson is a deep sleeper, but I know it's really tough to play him. He, he, you know, but he does look healthy and the lions have an upgraded offensive line this year. And then Deandre Swift uh, is going to play. He's been injured here and there. And I think he's a good guy to target on DraftKings at 4,900 for the passing game. Uh, him and Stafford worked out in Georgia all off season and had a ton of a ton, a ton of rapport in the passing game. And DeAndre Swift, I think, is explosive in the passing game. Even though he didn't do that a lot at Georgia, I could see that role. I think he'll be really good for the Lions as well. But, of course, it's a full committee, so it's hard to trust the Lions running back. So I know that's a long breakdown, but uh, it's a lot of good information, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, this is the Detroit man here. So uh, in terms of social media, give Shane a follow. He's at DET Sports Shane. Uh, he's got the the pulse on the Lions, as you can tell. And you can find me on Twitter at Language Olympic. And uh, you can find all of us at DFS Coach Talk. That's our home spot. And our fearless leader, Joe Sarvati, you can follow him, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. So that is uh, the crew that's been handling most of the podcast work uh, recently. Uh, so let's jump to the next game. It is... The Colts against the Jaguars, over-under set at 45. Indianapolis favored by eight. We've got Phillip Rivers in town. And what we need here is a crystal ball for the backfield for the Colts. Jonathan Taylor getting so much hype. Marlon Mack, the incumbent, 
he's had some big games. I plan to just avoid that mess in week one. But do you have a crystal ball on that situation, Shane? Well, I mean, they're they're pretty consistent saying Marlon back as the starter and Jonathan Taylor will get in the mix as a change of pace slash, uh, you know, give you give Marlon and Mack a breather type guy. But I feel like Jonathan Taylor's talent is so good that even in this first game, he's going to get more more carries. Um, you're looking in. I was initially thinking avoid this, but I might have a little exposure to these running backs because it's a it's a completely ridiculous mismatch in terms of the Colts offensive line, who is absolutely dominant uh, in in the run blocking game versus the Jaguars front seven, who's is basically, you know, a Swiss cheese defense here. We talked about that in NBA Swiss cheese defense here. So this is a complete mismatch and the Colts will absolutely dominate them up front. And the Colts will not have to pass the ball that much, even though they do have a solid veteran in Phillip Rivers here. So that leads to really heavy dose of running here and really high rush volume, which leads to enough volume that can support two running backs. Uh, so that's why, and these guys are not super expensive. We got Marlon Mack, 6,100 FanDuel, 5,300 DK. And then Jonathan Taylor on FanDuel is cheaper at 5,400 but he's a little more expensive than Mac on DK at 5,700. So it kind of, that kind of leads you to believe, okay, Marlon Mack is kind of interesting maybe on DK because he's a little cheaper and maybe Jonathan Taylor's a little more interesting on FanDuel because he's a little cheaper. Uh, but they're going to, I mean, you're looking at, uh, you know, over 30 carries probably for the offense and these are valuable carries because they're going to absolutely dominate up front. So if you figured each of these guys is getting somewhere between, you know, even if it's 13 to 15 carries, right? Uh, I think they're going to dominate so much in those carries and they're going to get in the end zone. So I predict a big game for probably both of these running backs. I'm I'm looking for that Jonathan Taylor breakout. It might be too early because they just might want the veteran to be able to have his place. But I think his talent in the combination of the O-line is going to be undeniable. So they can't keep Jonathan Taylor off the off, uh, you know, off the field too long. And hopefully he gets some work in the fourth quarter as mop up duty and just absolutely dominates here. That's kind of what, what I'm hoping for here with him. Other than him, other than the running backs, I like uh, T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton's going to have a, ma- a mismatch against his weak Jaguars secondary. Uh, they traded away all their good players. So they, yep. <laughs> so they don't have anyone anymore. T.Y. Hilton has had excellent rapport and excellent play in training camp. And he's had really good rapport with the new new veteran quarterback, Phillip Rivers. So think of T.Y. Hilton as the new Keenan Allen to Phillip Rivers. And if you correlate that, then you like T.Y. Hilton at 6,400 on FanDuel or 5,800 on DK. So I like T.Y. Hilton. The only thing working against him is the game script, the fact that I'm – kind of thinking the Colts are dominating this game and running the ball more, but T Y Hilton could eat with just a small amount of volume and just be dominant here as well. Uh, There's no one that can really cover him. Uh, And then you can also look at, if you want to value play Jack Doyle, the tight end Uh, looks like he's finally healthy. He's been out for a while. It looks like he's healthy. You know, Phillip rivers likes his tight ends. The Jaguars are pretty bad against the tight end and on DK in particular is 3,600 for Jack Doyle. So if you feel like he's going to be involved in the game plan, he's good. You can also look at the Colts defense. I think they're a really sneaky defense going against this poor offense for the Jaguars. Colts defense, 3,700 on FanDuel, 3,000 on DK. There's a lot of other good defenses in that price range, so I can see people avoiding them. But the Colts are a sneaky defense. They got DeForest Bunkner, who's absolutely dominant inside. 
they got Leonard, who's a Pro Bowl linebacker. They actually have a decent secondary, a bunch of guys like Rocky Asin that you've never heard of, you know. So the Colts are actually good on defense, uh, and they're kind of a sneaky defense this year. So I do like them in this matchup. And then for the Jaguars, it's just a matter if you if you're thinking garbage time, you know, passing for guys like DJ Shark. DJ Shark is looking like he's really good in camp. He's looking like he's going to have a huge year. But I think the Colts defense can contain him and game plan against him. So that's why I'm not super high on him. But if you like him in tournaments, he's 6,600 on FanDuel, 63 on DK. And then another deep sleeper at the tight end position would be Tyler Eifert. Uh, you know the Jaguars are going to have to pass in this game because I'm thinking they're going to be down. Um, and the Colts aren't as good, uh, you know, not great against the tight end. So Tyler Eifert at 3,300 on DK, 4,600 on FanDuel. He could be a sleeper um, just because they only have so many targets that are good. Uh, you know, some of their wide receivers are banged up, and uh, they're going to have to pass the ball a lot. And uh, I've heard pretty good reports out of camp on Tyler Eifert and Garden, the Gardner Minshew connection there. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at with this game. It's going to be interesting to see how much the Colts offensive line dominates the dominates this game though that's going to be it's good if you like the trenches and really good offensive line play you're going to like this game yeah my favorite two plays here are the colts defense i like that three thousand dollar price tag on DraftKings, and then jack doyle as you mentioned rivers loves throwing to his tight ends he's done it for years and trey burton is on injured reserve right now so it's all jack doyle all the time i like that price tag at 3.6 and i do often play two tight ends on DraftKings. And I think this is another week where you can employ that strategy. So, all right, next game, we're going to go back to the NFC North again, Shane. It's the Packers and the Vikings. Minnesota, two-and-a-half-point favorites, over-under set at 45. And Devontae Adams had two monster games against Minnesota last year. Aaron Rodgers wasn't as strong overall. It was really just Adams doing it, and that was about it. Uh, but I know there's somebody else in, uh, on this offense that you like. So why don't we start with the Packers side here? Yeah, uh, just one game note here. For Minnesota's defense, uh, Daniil Hunter is out for this game. I think he's going to be out a couple games. So I thought that was a big deal because he's their number one pass rusher because, of course, they lost Everson Griffin as well after they cut him. So this defense isn't quite the same in terms of pass rush that they've done in the past, which leads us to the Packers' offense. Uh with Devontae Adams being one of the best receivers in the league. Uh, the, the Minnesota does have a pretty solid secondary, but there are a lot of young, inexperienced guys. They are guys that have good coverage grades and are solid, but I don't think they're any match for Devontae Adams, who's one of the best best technician route runners and the best wide receivers in the game. Uh, so I think he's the guy that you can pay up for. Um, and I like him probably better than Michael Thomas, who's a lot more expensive uh, it, for this slate. So Devontae Adams at $8,000 on FanDuel or $7,300 on DK, I think is way too cheap. Uh, and that you know where the volume is going to go in this offense. And the Vikings defense is not as good as they've been, as they've been in the past here. So that's why you got to like Devontae Adams. And I think Aaron Jones is actually kind of sneaky. A lot of people are down on Aaron Jones because there's the whole narrative that, you know, the Packers might get rid of him and they drafted A.J. Dillon and all this stuff. But I've heard they're talking about contract extensions now with Aaron Jones. And people, the narrative is, well, he had like 19 touchdowns last year. He's going to have major regression. Well, that's fine. He doesn't have to have 19 touchdowns to have a good year. That's the way I look at Aaron Jones. So they still have a solid offensive line. Uh, the Vikings uh, lost their uh, big guy inside there. Uh, 
kind of his uh, name. There, there's a big defense tackle, Linvel Joseph. They lost him, who was kind of a run stopper in the middle. Uh, so, and they lost to Neil Hunter, who's really good at setting the edge. So the Vikings aren't quite as dominant against the run as they used to be. Um, and I think that the Packers will exploit that, uh, you know, intentionally. So I think you can really run against the Vikings uh, compared to what they used to be. So I like Aaron Jones because of that. And Aaron Jones can also catch pass, passes out of the backfield as well. So he's 7,800 on on FanDuel and 6,900 on DK. And I like him because I think he's going to be lower ownership. He's going to be very low owned compared to the other high price guys. And I think he's in a smash spot here. Uh, if you want a little value, you can go Alan Lazard. He's the clear number two receiver for this Packers offense. And Aaron Rodgers really likes him. He's 5,500 on FanDuel and 4,900 on DK. So I do like Alan Lazard here. Um, and then on the Viking side, it's going to be a similar type thing. Uh, I look at the Packers defense as a run, a run. Uh, you want to attack them in the run. So I was going to say run funnel, but I don't know if that makes sense <laughs> or not. But you know what I mean. So I don't think you want to pass a lot against the Packers defense. You can, but they have a great pass rush. They got those guys coming off the edge. They're dominant pass rush, and they got a really solid secondary. A lot of people will probably go to Adam, Adam Thielen here. I'm not big on Adam Thielen for this particular game because uh, Jair, Jair Alexander is going to shadow him, and I feel like he's going to at least – limit the upside of Adam Thielen. He's not going to shut him down, but he's going to limit his upside. So Adam Thielen is not necessarily a big target from here. I do love Dalvin Cook, though. Again, if you're going to attack the Packers, I would attack them in the run game, not the pass game. And we already know Minnesota wants to do that anyway. So I don't think the Packers can stop Delvin Cook in this Minnesota running attack. So Delvin Cook had a big game against them last year. He's 8,700 on FanDuel and 7,900 on DK. And he's a guy that I feel like because of the role in the game script and the matchup, I think he's worth paying up for here. Um, so I like Delvin Cook. Um, there's not a lot of preseason hype on him as well. And then the other sleeper, this is a nice uh, deep sleeper here, uh, tight end for the Minnesota Vikings in his second year, Irv Smith Jr. Irv Smith Jr. is having a great camp. He's been really, he's been dominant in camp and he's taken the huge first to second year leap. And he might finally start getting a little bit more targets, uh, you know, uh, and, 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 and uh, finally get more play than uh, Kyle Rudolph. Even if he's just splitting it, I feel like he's going to get more targets when he's in there and more routes run. He's only 3,100 on DK, which is really cheap, or 4,800 on FanDuel. So there's another deep sleeper there uh, for the tight end position. And it, this guy's an incredible athlete. And the Packers don't really have anyone that can cover him. They, they are not that good against tight ends as well. So uh, he's a guy that no one's probably thinking about that you can get probably at 1% or below ownership that could have a big game uh, in, at, a low, at a low price here. So that's my breakdown here. What do you think about the Packers-Vikings here? You know, I'm not quite as interested in this game with the, the 45 over under as some of the other games in that, that similar price range, like the Seahawks-Falcons and uh, Bucks and Saints coming up. Um, I, I prefer Adams. I, I do expect the touchdown regression to come with Aaron Jones, so I'm not going to be on him, you know, on that uh, price tag here in this matchup. Um, and, you know, for the reasons you mentioned, uh, probably won't be on the, the Vikings passing game. Um, so this just in general, you know, NFC North battle here. Um, they, know, they know each other so well. Uh, I'll probably shy away from this game in general, but I, I do like Adams. So let's uh, let's transition to the next one o'clock game. It is an even lower over/under that really doesn't have as much attraction to me in terms of fantasy. It's the Dolphins and the Patriots. Uh, over/under set at forty-two on on BetUS.com. 
Patriots right now favored by six and a half. And they are dealing with the the, the memories of that week 17 disaster when the, the Dolphins beat them. And so that's my first question is about Devontae Parker on the Dolphins side because he's been questionable with the hamstring. It seems like everybody in the passing game with the Dolphins is questionable. I'm, I'm wondering if they just don't want to come up and play and have to deal with the Patriots defense that's been so strong for years. You know, they'd rather sit this one out. But, you know, Parker had a terrific game in week 17 against the Patriots. But in week two, seven targets and no catches. So which Devontae Parker are we going to get, Shane, if he suits it up? Yeah, I think that he will suit up. And, you know, Brian Fitzpatrick is a pretty good quarterback here. As yep. ugly as it is, the guy can sling it, and he's yep. not afraid at all. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm going to be too big on Devontae Parker just because I am afraid of the, uh, Stephon Gilmore shadow or Stephon Gilmore coverage and uh, still a dominant secondary here for the Patriots. So I'll probably stay away from that. I'm not going to try to get too cute. Um, I, but, you know, I could see the Dolphins being able to score a little bit here, even though their implied totals like 17 points. I could see the Dolphins sneaking in and scoring a little bit here just because Fitzmagic just keeps coming at you. You know, he doesn't really care. I don't think the Patriots defense is going to be as dominant this year as they were last year. They were completely dominant and shut down last year. They're still among the best defenses, but not as dominant. And the Dolphins tend to have their number. So I think it'll be an interesting game. But, yeah, there's not a lot of fantasy production here. You're not going to take – I don't really want to take the running backs, uh, you know, like Jordan Howard. You know, the Dolphins are going to try to run the ball against the Patriots. So we'll see how that goes. Jordan Howard's basically starting. And then Matt Breed is kind of a sneaky big play upside guy. But I don't really like them against this disciplined New England's defense. I don't really like the receivers. You know, in general, I like the Dolphins receivers for the year, just not in the matchup. You know, guys like Preston Williams and Devontae Parker, I think, are going to have a good year. Um, but then on the Patriots side, I mean, the only guy I can really like, cause you know how that backfield is. I don't really trust Sony Michelle, um, James White, you can take a look at just because he's going to get a lot of, you know, a lot of pass work here. So you can take a look at him. He's not my number one target, but he's okay. And then Julian Edelman in the slot will have a mismatch against this Dolphins secondary. He has a good matchup in the slot there. He's 6,700 on, FanDuel 6,000 on DK, and uh, Cam Newton's been targeting him a lot in camp. Obviously, he's the only really solid, proven receiver they have. So if you think he's going to get peppered with targets here, um, then you got to like Edelman. I'm just not sure if I want to pay that price for him or not, but you have to consider him uh, in this matchup. Other than that, I'm not really interested in this game a lot. It looks kind of like an ugly game uh, with some tough defense here, and the Dolphins are, are pretty a pretty bad team, but they, they they are kind of scrappy though. We, we they proved that last year, and I think their coach is really good. So I yeah. you know you can't completely uh, think that it's a complete blowout here. But uh, other than that, it's really hard to figure out what's the best fantasy plays, and and you don't really like much. Of, I don't like much about this game. Yeah, I'm going to wait and see with these two teams. You know, the Dolphins had a bunch of high draft picks, so we'll see how the young guys. Mix in on defense and Patriots, new quarterback, uh, you know, aging players, Edelman 100 catches last year. But um, can he can he reproduce that type of performance? And, you know, the one thing I'll say is because I, I do, you know, getting to watch the Patriots every week, I, I do usually feel like I have a bit of a feel for which running back might be more as a central figure in the game plan, because that's what Belichick does is he just makes a specific game plan for each yeah. week. Um, but I, I, I just don't have it yet this year with these guys. So I'm, I'm not going to go to that backfield in week one. The one thing I'll say, though, is this Dalton, Dalton Keene, you know, talk about a, a, 
long shot, uh, low owned GPP guy. This is a, a tight end type player who they're bringing in as a Swiss Army knife. And I can just see Belichick drawing up a couple plays for him that would get him in the end zone. Um, and so it may not be week one, but keep an eye on him. You know, regardless of how many snaps he gets, this is a guy that uh, I think could really pay off here early in the season. So that's my thought on that one. All right. Uh, the next game we have is the final one o'clock kickoff. It's the Eagles and Washington. And I need to ask you about this Eagles backfield because Washington was awful against the run last year. And yes, they've got Rivera in town, Jack Del Rio. So you got to figure with their defensive mindset and history, they will improve. But big opportunity if Miles Sanders can stay healthy. We've got Boston Scott in the picture. Of course, Miles Sanders, Sanders has been questionable with a hamstring, so we're not quite sure here on Thursday afternoon if he'll be ready to go. But what, what what's your thoughts on the Eagles' backfield? I think Miles Sanders will play. He's just not going to get the bell cow role that we're hoping for uh, because of he missed a lot of time in training camp, which was already a shortened training camp, um, and he's been limited in practice here. So I think that the uh, Friday practice report will be important to see can he get a full go or not. Um, and what's he projecting. But I think he is going to play. It's just going to be a little bit more of a split between him and Boston Scott and Corey Clement. Uh, so I think Boston Scott, that does open up some value there if you think he's going to get more run like he did last year a little bit. Uh, he's a solid little explosive uh, back there as well. So, yeah, that puts Miles Sanders almost out of consideration because – you're not going to pay up for him. He was kind of a mid-price guy, 6,800 on FanDuel, 6,300 on DK. But if you don't think he's going to get a whole workload and he's probably going to be splitting with Boston Scott and other guys, it's a little more of a running back by committee, which we didn't expect that. Uh, most reports are saying Miles Sanders would be the guy. So, But they have to take it easy with this guy. They don't want to go out there and have him you know, re-injure his hamstring and risk being out for even farther. So I don't see any reason why they would give him a full workload in this week one matchup that should be an easy game for them, but we'll see. So, um, but yeah, I think on the Eagles side, I mean, I think you got to like Carson Wentz against, uh, against the Redskins. Uh, I think the Redskins defense has improved in terms of their pass rush. I mean, uh, you know, they got an awesome uh, pass rush there with uh, Chase Young joining the group here. So they're very explosive up front, but you know, I think that, I think Carson Wentz will still be able to pick them apart. They're pretty weak in the secondary. The Redskins are, or I mean, the Washington team the is Washington I, football I, I, team. Yeah, yeah. I had to slip up there. Yeah. So the, the Washington team is pretty weak in the secondary here. Uh, so I like Carson Wentz and whenever he has Deshaun, his guy, Deshaun Jackson, that just opens up this offense and creates so much more space underneath for these big tight ends and these other receivers. So, uh, Eagles are a little bit banged up here. Uh, they're missing uh, their their rookie uh, wide receiver. Uh, I don't know if he's going to actually play or not. And then they're also missing Elshon Jeffrey still as well. Um, but with Deshaun Jackson, he's going to be really solid. He's 5,700 on FanDuel, 4,900 on DK. My only issue with Deshaun Jackson is early projections are showing him as very highly owned. Right. So, uh, and normally is it time like to fade as- that chalk, Shane? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking about fading him because he's going to be really highly owned. If you're talking about big pool multi-entry GPPs that you're trying to take down something, I'm, I'm thinking about fading him. Uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, Washington team does have, you know, Kendall Fuller. I mean, they have some guys that can cover him. 
um, and focus on on, on uh, stopping him. And they also have uh, what Landon Collins in the secondary as well as a safety. Uh, so Deshaun Jackson normally be good, but I'm a little I'm not really loving the high ownership. Um, I do kind of like uh, you know we talked about Boston Scott. Yeah, he's 4700 to 4800 on DK. So he's he's uh, he's pretty solid play here. The guy's explosive. He can get he can run the ball, and he's definitely good as a receiver. Um, I kind of like Dallas Gowder. Gowder, their uh, their tight end as a sneaky play here. Um, a lot of people are looking at like, well, Ertz is the starter, but they run a lot of 12 personnel where they have two tight ends, especially with them being short on wide receivers here. Uh, so Dallas Gowder is a really good receiving, uh, really good receiving option. And with Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Jackson creating all that space underneath, I like Dallas Gowder. He's 5,200 on FanDuel and 4,100 on DK. I think it's a good price. Uh, so he's a guy that could play really well here. Landon Collins probably will be matching up with Zach Ertz quite a bit, and he could kind of limit Zach Ertz. Um, so that's kind of what I'm thinking there. The Philadelphia defense going up against this Washington team is a good play as well. Philadelphia defense has a lot of playmakers. They're 4,500 on FanDuel and 3,600 on DK. So if you want to pay up for uh, someone, that could be good going against Dwayne Haskins and company for Washington. And then on the Washington side, I really like Terry McLaurin as the receiver. The guy is, uh, is just absolutely explosive, and he's, he's just really good route runner. He's really good at catch contested balls. And him and Dwayne Haskins have been on in sync here. Dwayne Haskins has looked better in training camp. Um, but I think that Darius Slay, uh, who used to play for the Lions, I think that he may shadow Terry McLaurin because there's no sense of them playing sides when you know that's their only major receiving threat and uh, Slay is by far their best corner. So I could see them having Slay on shadow coverage. And when Slay shadowed McLaurin last year, he limited them to a pretty, pretty average game uh, when they played the Lions there. Now Haskins wasn't playing quite as good then as he is now, but he did. They, the Redskins still bit, did beat the Lions in that game. So, uh, but McLaurin didn't really do much against Slay. So he is good enough to beat Slay. Slay is, uh, you know, but still, Slay is still one of the better corners in the league. So that's why I'm not really high on McLaurin because of the shadow matchup there. Uh, even though I think he's an excellent receiver. Um, if you do want to go with that lower owned uh, sleeper guy, I like Steven Sims Jr. We talked about him in the off season. He really came on strong last year for the Washington right. football team, and he's 5,100 on FanDuel and only 4,700 on DK. So I think he's great uh, as a lower-owned value play, and I think he's just going to get a ton of uh, volume in the slot there, and he's going to have a lot better matchup than McLaurin. Um, and then my other deep sleeper, this is another former Lions guy, and we talked about him in the summer, and you and you said, who is that? Are you sure? Because <laughs> we were talking about the tight end position. So the reports out of camp is that Logan Thomas is the starting tight end. I mentioned him back in the summer, and we and we were like, who's that guy? So he's a converted quarterback, but he's a really tall, good athlete, and I think he's getting the hang of the tight end position now. He's had a few years in the tight end position, and he's 2,800 on DK. He's their number one tight end, and he and they will be playing from behind, and I think that he's in a great matchup. Philadelphia is not great against the tight end. So Logan Thomas, $4,000 on FanDuel, about as cheap as you can get there, and 2800 on DK. He's your uh, your deep sleeper uh, tight end value play there that allows you to pay up elsewhere. So I really like Logan Thomas here, actually, for for uh, Washington. Um, and that's kind of uh, – I think that's about it for this for uh, this game. What, do you, what are you thinking? Yeah, maybe a one-off here or there. Um, I, I do like Steven Sims Jr. Like you said, he finished strong, and he's a Jayhawk, which is important to me. I like that. And I do have to mention, you know, you mentioned the tough Philly defense against the run. They were third last year. 
and it's a bit of a wide open situation with the Washington backfield. But I got a kick out of the pricing here on DraftKings. Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Bryce Love, and Peyton Barber, they're all exactly 4,000 on DraftKings. So they said, you know what? You want to multi-enter? We'll give you four choices here. Just swap them in and out, make your four lineups, and, and continue on. But yeah. I, I'm going to avoid that group. You know, Antonio Gibson is tempting, Swiss Army knife-type player. So I'm, I'm anxious to see how he starts off the season. I'll, I'll keep an eye on him. And then I, I would like to get some exposure to the Philly backfield. So we'll see on Saturday night's show what the latest is with the injury reports, because uh, that is a nice matchup that would be fun to exploit. All right, before we get to the 4 o'clock games, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, if, YouTube, if you could do us a favor, this is a, a podcast that is going to continue to come in front of the paywall for you. So we'd love it if you could just click the like button and click the subscribe button so that um, our profile is improved and you can always have the notification come automatically so that you know when the podcast posts. And if you're just joining us for the first time with the NFL, again, we do seven days a week with the NBA and the podcast for today, big showdown with the Lakers and Rockets that's already up on YouTube. So click over and listen to that and build your NBA showdown lineups as well. Uh, thank you so much for that support, by the way. It's uh, greatly appreciated. So, all right, Shane, three games to go. Let's hit these 4 o'clock games. Chargers against the Bengals, over under 42. Los Angeles favored by three. And I want to talk about this backfield again because Cincinnati was awful against the run last year. We've got Eckler. And I like Justin Jackson as kind of a sleeper. I uh, just, you know, he's been good to me in the past. If you get some opportunity, and we have seen in the past how secondary running options have hit it big against Cincinnati because there's just so much opportunity to go around, and it's you know so much of it can can turn on who gets in the end zone. But in, in general, what do you think about this backfield? Do you uh, we have a lot of exposure to Austin Eckler? See, I'm a little more contrarian here, and what I'm looking at is I think Cincinnati's going to be a little bit improved on the uh, stopping the run. They were really bad last year. They did add DJ Reader at D-tackle. It's really good uh, defensive tackle stopping the run. But when you combine a slightly improved Cincinnati defense with a really bad Chargers offensive line, what I think is a bad Chargers offensive line, I don't like that matchup in the trenches. Now, Austin Eckler is is kind of a beast for his size. I mean, the guy's super strong. He's just been lighting it up in camp. So I will give you that. Obviously, he does a lot of work out of the backfield there. So I think Austin Eckler is a decent play, but he's not one of my favorite plays because I feel like this matchup's going to be a little tougher than they originally anticipated. And I feel like he's going to be super high owned and you do have to pay up for him. So I know he went gangbusters last year in week one, and people are probably going to start thinking about that again and thinking, let's just let's do a repeat on that in Austin Eckler. And it's certainly possible against the Cincinnati team, but uh, I don't know if he's worth paying for me. 7700 on FanDuel or 7000 on DK. Not sure if he's worth it, but I can see why he's going to be super high owned. Um, but it's not my favorite play, but I, 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 you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying full fade either on him. Uh, do, I do like, uh, you know, Keenan Allen, he's 7,000 on FanDuel, 6,400 on, uh, DK. Uh, they got, you know, Tyrod Taylor's not a bad quarterback. He's obviously not as good as Phillip Rivers, but Keenan Allen is an absolute dominant wide receiver. Uh, you know, they'll probably put William Jackson on him from the Bengals, who's a decent corner, but he had a bad year last year. So unless he has a bounce back year, he didn't look as good in coverage last year. So Keenan Allen should be a big part of this game plan here. 
Um, and they're actually, uh, the Bengals have actually been pretty good. Uh, they have a safety that was actually pretty good against uh, tight ends. So they actually are pretty good at limiting tight ends. So uh, originally was thinking about Hunter Henry, but I'm a little worried about the matchup there. Uh, Hunter Henry would be good because Mike Williams, one of their top receivers, is out. Um, but I'm a little nervous about the matchup. I don't know if it's an excellent matchup here, and I'm not really sure if Tyrod Taylor is as good at getting to the ball, the tight ends like Phillip Rivers was as well. So that's kind of where I'm at the Chargers side. I will say I like the Chargers defense. Um, Chargers defense is $2,800 on DK and 4200 on Fando. You can see the discrepancy there. So maybe a little bit better on DK, the Chargers defense should be solid. I mean, they got those great pass rushers outside. Uh, they got some solid players there. They added Linval Joseph, the guy that Minnesota lost, to help stop the run. So I think that they will be able to limit the other side. Now, the other side, I really love Joe Mixon this season. I'm just not sure about this matchup against the Chargers. I think they can limit him, and I don't think it's going to be a very good game script. So that's why I'm not really, uh, you know, into Joe Mixon as one of my top plays, uh, but I like him for this season, just not this week necessarily. He's 7,300 on FanDuel, 6,700 on, on uh, DK here. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow, I think, is going to be an excellent rookie quarterback, but it is still his first think he'll game. Get you think he'll get 60 touchdowns and six interceptions this year, like in college? Yeah, I don't think so. No, I don't think he's going to be quite that good. But I think he is going to be one of the better rookie uh, running backs. I just don't like him this early in the year, week one, first NFL game, shortened off season. I, I mean, he's, he's got a lot of great weapons. It's just uh, the Chargers added uh, Chris Harris Jr. So, I mean, they got Casey Hayward, Chris Harris Jr. in that secondary. I mean, don't think those guys are not going to – uh, not going to cause problems for him. Uh, I know that they did lose their uh, their starting safety again uh, due to the injury. Who he gets uh, seems to get injured every year here. Uh, but uh, I think that the Chargers have uh, a decent defense here, pretty solid, and they're going to be able to cause issues for the rookie quarterback. Even though I think Joe Burrow is very talented, I just don't think this is going to be his game. Uh, um, so that's kind of where I'm at. I'm I'm kind of limiting my exposure to this game, even though there's going to be some really highly owned players. I'm thinking you're going to have more exposure to this game though. Well, I, I probably am more interested in the Chargers backfield than you. So I'll, yep. I'm sure my ownership will be a little bit higher there. Um, but other than that, I, I'll look at the Chargers defense as well and probably fade the Bengals and see how Joe, Joe Burrow settles in. Uh, but it is going to be fun because, like you said, he's got the weapons. A.G. Green is back, Boyd, Ross. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch how he settles into the NFL. All right, two games left, and Shane, I'm going to call an audible on you. I'm going to go to the Cardinals 49ers game next. Okay, it's a awesome. four four twenty five kickoff, and the 49ers are seven point favorites over under forty eight. Um, we know very well. I mean, they 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 made us learn every week, uh, Arizona that is that they could not defend the tight ends. So. Is this a Kittle week at 7.2 on DraftKings? Is that too expensive? I think Kittle is going to have a great game. If you look at Debo Samuels trying to come back from that injury, their top wide receiver, I don't think he's going to quite make it back in time for week one. If he does play, he's limited. So I don't think he's going to get any practice in. So, I mean, Kittle is their number one target. Um, and he, he will get a lot of run here. The problem is there's a lot of value tight ends that I like on this slate. Right. So that's where I'm not really wanting to pay up for Kittle. And and then I'm just kind of hoping that Kittle's doing a little bit more blocking, that they get uh, get a lead here and, and they lean more on that run game, which is what San Francisco likes to do. 
Um, so Kittle is in consideration here. If he fits your roster construction, I'm 100% fine with Kittle. I think he's a great play. But again, I'm trying to avoid, if we're talking about big, large pool GPPs, I'm trying to avoid some of the mega chalk guys that could be like 30% plus owned, which I think Kittle might be in that category. So I'm trying to avoid some of those guys and find some something to differentiate that's uh, that maybe is cheaper and that has the same type of upside uh, at lower ownership to gain an edge. If you're talking about large pool, if you're talking about smaller GPPs um, or uh, cash games, then Kittle might be a guy that you have to eat the chalk on because he's so dominant in this matchup here, and he's he's so good. Uh, I think also for the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, he kind of completely shredded the Cardinals when he played with them last year. He had a game over 400 yards and four touchdowns. He's only 5,800 on DK, so I feel like he's a little bit underpriced in this game where they're going against that fast-paced uh, Cardinals offense, and they're going to have to sling the ball a little bit to, to keep up with them. Um, the Cardinals have a great offense there as well. So so I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a good play on DK at 5,800. On 7,400 on FanDuel, he's a little bit more expensive, so I'm not, uh, not quite sure about that, but you could pay up for him as a contrarian play. And then uh, Raheem Mostert is 6,200 on FanDuel and 5,800 on DK. It's a good matchup against a pretty weak Cardinals defense here. And, you know, that their run scheme, and if you feel like he's going to be the guy that gets the volume, which I think he is, then he's a great play. Um, the guy, I mean, in terms of his yards per carry and his his touchdowns he gets, uh, he's really good. So I like Raheem Mostert here. And then surprisingly on the Cardinals side, um, I actually like Kenyon Drake. And here's why I like Kenyon Drake. The 49ers are known as a dominant stout defense, and they still are pretty dominant. But they did lost, they did lose to DeForest Bunkner, who was that big disruptor in the inside. And also their linebacker, Fred Warner, who's a really good young linebacker, he's limited this week. He's coming off the COVID list. So if he does play, he may not be getting a full run of snaps. So those are two big guys up the middle that they lost or that might be limited. I don't think the 49ers are quite as dominant, and I think that the Cardinals can spread them out, and Kenyon Drake can, uh, can attack them in the run game and the pass game. And he's reasonably priced 6,600 on FanDuel and 6,400 on DraftKings. And Kenyon Drake has been walking around with a walking boot the last couple of weeks in training camp, which I kind of like that because you know what that means? <laughs> Lower ownership because <laughs> yep. people are looking at those walking boot reports and they're looking at this stout San Fran. So if you want a sneaky play, uh, Kenyon Drake could have a blow up game here, even though the, the 49ers are a really tough defense. He's the type of guy, if you want a late, late hammer, that's a low ownership late hammer in this slate. If you're playing the, the because this would be the last game of this slate, uh, one of the last games, I think he could be a good, a good sneaky play here. Um, and then uh, Kyler Murray is in play here as well. I think that San Fran is still a really good secondary, a very good pass rush, good team. But Kyler Murray's going to run around and get your rushing yards. He's got a ton of guys. He's got DeAndre Hopkins out there, uh, Christian Kirk. He's got Larry Fitzgerald still. Uh, so he's 7700 on FanDuel and 6400 at DK. Seems like a pretty reasonable price for Kyler Murray. And I think he's set for a big game. I don't know that this is my favorite matchup for Kyler Murray, but because of the weapons he has and what he can do with his legs, I do like Kyler Murray in this matchup as well. But I don't think he's going to be one of my top quarterbacks, but he's in play. Okay. Excellent breakdown, yeah. I also want to mention Dan Arnold, a tight end who came on late. Week 17, four catches for 76 and a touchdown. We've hit on a lot of tight ends that we like, so maybe this isn't the week for him. But, again, just look for him uh, with you know more uh, more targets, more of an opportunity, more of a solidified role uh, as, a, as a guy to look at for lower ownership. Uh, that's certainly what we try to do here 
with a, a lot of a GPP focus that Shane and I have. Um, all right, so last game here, uh, trying to save the best for last. You talked about the late game hammer with Drake potentially, but wouldn't it be fun to stack this Tampa Bay-New Orleans game and have it be a shootout uh, to wrap up week one on the main slate? We've got the over-under set at 48. New Orleans, three-and-a-half-point favorites, and it is a matchup of legends. Tom Brady and Drew Brees, the guys have been going back and forth uh, these recent years with records, uh, you know, one-upping each other every week, it seems. So what a great way to kick off the season, like you said, at the start of the show with the matchups here in week one. So um, are you going to build some stacks of this game? You know, I, this is an awesome matchup. I mean, like you said, two Hall of Fame co- quarterbacks, two of the best to ever play the game, and just weapons galore. Tom Brady, first time ever being with a different team with all these weapons. So it's it's an awesome game script, and it's a 48 over-under. But what I can't get away from this game, what I can't ignore, is I think both of these defenses are really, really good. Um, and I think people are ignoring that. Um, and so – I'm not big on stacking this game. I'm not opposed to getting some exposure to it, but I'm going to be a different than the, probably the group think here. I actually don't love this game. Uh, even though there's a lot of superstars here. Uh, uh, I feel like the Bucks defense is much improved. I think their secondary is sneaky. Good. I think their front seven's really good. Uh, and I think the Bucks can, can shut down the running game, but I think they're actually much improved in the passing game, even though they were the worst team, one of the worst teams against wide receivers, for example, last year, they got completely shredded. I feel like the way they're going to play uh, with Tom Brady uh, controlling the controlling the offense a little bit better, as opposed to Jameis Winston throwing picks and putting the defense in tough spots. I think this Bucks defense is really good. And the Saints defense are also among the best units in the league here. So because of that, I, I actually like uh, I think the defenses will limit the upside in, in the high shootout potential in this game that people are predicting. Uh, so with that being said, I do really like Chris Godwin. I feel like he's going to get the matchup in the slot. If he can get on PJ Williams in the slot, you know, I'm all in on Chris Godwin then. Right. Cause I mean, he's 7,700 on, on uh, FanDuel and 7,100 on DK. So if you think about him as Tom Brady's basically upgraded Julian Edelman, younger and more athletic Julian Edelman, then you got to lug him, right? Um, Mike Evans has a hamstring injury and he hasn't, he didn't practice on Thursday. We got to keep an eye on Mike Evans because I'm a little worried if Mike Evans doesn't play, are they going to be able to pay more attention to Chris Godwin, for example, putting Marshawn Lattimore on him? I'm a little bit worried about that. But if I feel like Chris Godwin's getting most of his snaps out of the slot against a guy like P.J. Williams. I really like Chris Godwin in this game. Also, I like for the Bucks O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard's had really good chemistry uh, in camp with Brady, and I feel like he's obviously a lot more athletic than Gronk is at this point in his career. So, And I like his price at 3700 so there's another value guy on DK, 3700 and 4700 on FanDuel. O.J. Howard's the type of guy that uh, you know can take it to the house at any time. He's kind of been in the doghouse the last few years, but I think he's due for a breakout. And I'm looking at the camp reports that he's been a star in camp. So I, I like that since there's no preseason. I'm, I'm really looking at these camp reports and trying to project what, what's going to happen. And I don't think that many people are going to be on O.J. Howard. He's going to be low owned, but I think he, he could blow up here because they're thinking about Gronk and those guys in the other tight ends. Um, and then on the Saints side. I'm as big a fan of Michael Thomas as you're going to find, you know, uh, and I've made that made that pretty clear if you've ever listened to any other NFL podcast. But I just I don't know if he's 
I think he's going to be highly owned. He's around that $9,000 price range on both on, on both sides here. And I think the Bucks secondary, when you look at that matchup, you automatically say smash spot. Automatic, huge Michael Thomas game, right? And Michael Thomas, best receiver in the league, uh, in my opinion. You know, So you look at that as automatically plug him in and build around him. I think it's a spot where you can fade Michael Thomas. I think that the Bucks are a better defense and a better secondary than people realize and that they can try to limit his upside. He's still going to have a big game because he's Michael Thomas, but I don't think he's going to have a big enough game to pay off that $9,000 price tag. So that's why I'm on the fade Michael Thomas, which a lot of people aren't going to be, but the, I'm, I'm on that. So I'm fading Christian McCaffrey and Michael Thomas, the two biggest fantasy stars at their positions <laughs> last year, which is kind of crazy, but that's where I'm at. Same thing with Alvin Kamara. I like him to have a good year this year. I just don't like him against the Bucs. They are, they are really good. They're one of the few defenses that shut down Christian McCaffrey last year, for right, example. Exactly. So I just think that the Bucs defense has improved and people are not paying attention to that. Um, and, you know, the, I think that the, some of these defenses might, might be ahead of these offenses. And then on the Bucs side, you know, this is still a new offense for them, for Tom Brady. And Tom Brady's gotten a good amount of reps, but he still hasn't had the same amount of reps as he did with the guys in New England. So, and I think the Saints defense is tough. So that's why I think it's going to be slightly lower scoring, and I'm not going to have a lot of exposure to it, even though I com- I completely understand that this is going to be a really highly owned game. So uh, so I better have a huge lead going into this game. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and I understand where you're coming from, uh, especially on Camara with that great run defense for Tampa last year. I'll probably fade him. And then Thomas, I mean, if I fade McCaffrey, I got to get at least some exposure to Thomas because last year he had that 28.4 DraftKings point game against Tampa, and that was by far his worst game of the two. He had the 44.2 DK point explosion against them. So we'll see if they're improved enough to slow him down. I'll definitely have some exposure to him and and Sanders and Cook. And um, no matter what, it's going to be a very fun one to watch. And uh, it's been great here on show number one, Shane, of the actual regular season, breaking down these matchups with you. Tremendous job going in depth. So this is our Thursday show, previewing the Thursday showdown and the main slate on Sunday. We'll be back again Saturday night with the updated injury news, our final picks. And uh, as we mentioned earlier in the show, if you want those final picks, uh, jump in as a member. Go to DFSCoachTalk.com pick up a weekly, monthly, or annual membership, or the fall special, perfect for the NFL DFS player. And then you'll get our FanDuel cash lineup for every slate, GPP lineup, and the DraftKings coaches clipboard with some key plays highlighted along with some pivots. So we invite you to join us. We'd love to have you. Uh, We appreciate all of your support. Quick mention here of the charity of choice for DFS Coach Talk. It is mambaon3.org, M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org. It's a charity set up by the Bryant family and uh, Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, who launched this fine uh, institution. Can I call it that? Uh, In year (laughs) one, (laughs) Uh, he coached against Kobe going back and then coached him in uh, AAU on an all-star team. So you can check out that backstory on our website. So again, thank you for joining us here. If this is your first time getting to know us with the NFL podcast, again, we do uh, NBA podcasts seven days a week. So we invite you to tune into those as well. All right. On behalf of Shane Caldwell, the coach, Joe Sarvati, and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I am Andrew Hansen. Thank you so much for joining us here on 
the opening week special for DFS Coach Talk. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow for our next NBA episode and again on Saturday for our next NFL episode as we look to crush it in DFS.